name is Donna Rudolph. I'm the founder of Teeny Tiny Treatments. Welcome to Teeny Tiny Talks, a platform where we speak to individuals who are changing lives and raising children at the same time. Giovanna Morgan is a wife, mom of three kids, ages seven, five, and three, an award-winning sales executive by day and wellness-focused lifestyle influencer by night. She's in pursuit of a life well-lived and loves to share her journey and empower her community through her online presence. She founded her passion project at Wellness Jovi in 2019 after radically changing her life by making small changes in her lifestyle and mindset, all while juggling her day job and family life. Now, she is passionate about sharing what she's learned via her social media channels and her blog, GiovannaMorgan.com. Giovanna is a first-generation American based in sunny Sarasota, Florida. She was featured on the cover of SRQ Magazine in 2020 and was named a 2020 Women to Know in Sarasota. Hi, Jovi. Hi, Donna. How are you? So nice to have you. Thank you so much for being here. How did you get into sales? After college, I, I um, ended up working for actually um, our state banking association, which if you would have asked me what I was going to do when I grew up, that would not have been in the top 500 category, but there I was. Um, and one of my clients, um, as part of the state banking association, from the first day he, he met me, he wanted to hire me um, onto a sales role. And I would say, I'm not a salesperson. I don't like sales because in my mind, my vision of a salesperson was the used car salesman, just very gimmicky, very all those things. And um, so for three years, he would say, Giovanna, you're a salesperson. You don't know it, but you are. You don't know it, but you are. And then finally, when I met my husband and I was going to be leaving the city that I was living in and moving down to Sarasota, he called me and he said, I know you've got this boyfriend that you're serious with. We've got that territory open. Please just come interview for us. And so long story short, interviewed, started working with him. And then I realized um, I'm a people person. I love people. And I realized that sales is really just a vehicle for interacting with and loving on people. Um, And so once I was able to shift that mindset from my preconceived notions of what sales was to what it actually is in my role, uh, I fell in love with it. And so I've been doing that for about 10 years now. I work in a division of not the largest banks, but not the smallest, but kind of this sweet spot from like $2 billion to $20 billion in assets. Um, and my territory is all throughout the Southeast. So I work with financial institutions in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, places like that. Yeah, pre-COVID, um, I was probably on an airplane around twice a month and then in my car a whole lot. Um, I do have three small children. And so I try really hard when I'm in my meetings to be very effective and very memorable so that I don't have to be on the road as much as possible. You started what you call a passion project. In 2019, uh, I feel like my life was changed a little bit. Um, I had had three children at the time, was working full time, but have always had a passion for also leading a very balanced life or taking care of myself or having um incredible friendships or or deep, meaningful relationships with other people, and then also taking care of my body. And all of that kind of got taken to the next level. um, When I started working with a life coach who taught me how to think, who taught me how to change my mindset. And that really changed my perspective on everything in life where I felt like I could really accomplish every anything I wanted. My husband had been working with one for 
about a year or two. And I remember I was in the postpartum period and my husband was like, between the life coach and his diet, he was operating at an 11, right? Like his energy was like incredible and his perspective on life was incredible. And I remember sitting on the couch one day, just kind of totally defeated. And I was like, babe, you're operating at an 11. And I just had this baby, this third baby. And I'm just trying to keep my head above water, like postpartum period. You're given everything you've got to, to just like keeping things. Yeah. Sometimes like there are moments where happiness is so annoying. He would say, honey, just, you know, schedule a call with Dave, schedule a call with Dave. That was his coach. And almost like in protest, I said no for a long time because, you know, I, I don't need that. Um, but eventually I said yes. And eating, switching over to a low carb or ketogenic diet allowed me to not only lose the extra baby weight that I had been carrying for 10 months, um, but it also helped me feel like I got my brain back. You know, I, I had felt like a tired person even before having kids. And then all of a sudden it was like my mind worked and I had the zest for life. So physically I was changing. And then I started working with this coach that was helping me to change mentally and psychologically and spiritually. What was it with diet? A fog was lifted? A major fog was lifted. Yeah. yeah. Like when, um, when I was dating my husband, I used to come home from work and like, eat my sandwich and then take a nap. And that's like when I was in my early twenties and had very little responsibilities or excuse to be tired. Um, and so for the first to, to get that energy back of from before I could even remember, uh, was sort of magical. And so basically what was happening is I was so excited about this change in my life that I was talking to everybody about it, whether or not they were interested. So I'd be sitting in these meetings with a CFO of a bank and just telling them about bulletproof coffee and ketogenic eating. And they're just like, and I, um, I've always been a very creative person. And I, I realized I, I want an outlet for this for an audience that wants it. And so um, I decided to start a blog. I had a domain that I had owned for a really long time. Um, so I got that back up and running with kind of just like my journey and started an Instagram account. And it's kind of just gone from there. And it's um, a lot of fun. I've, um, I love the community around it. And it is work, but but I enjoy it a lot. And it is a creative outlet. So would you say that now, even though you work full time, you have three children, and um, you started this lifestyle brand, do you have more energy now than you ever did before? I do. Yeah. Can you give us like a few nuggets? Like what are some things that you are like, you absolutely need to be doing this right now? So what works for me may not work for Donna Rudolph may not work for the next person, but I'll share kind of some of the nuggets of, of the things that have worked for me. Um, one of my favorite things has been incorporating intermittent fasting. So I generally don't eat until about 11 a.m. or noon. And then I try to stop eating um, before 7 p.m. We sit down for dinner at six o'clock. And what I find is that giving my body that break um, of not having to constantly digest food allows it to reallocate resources to other parts of my body to heal itself. Um, I also find that that block of time from when I wake up until I eat is when I am the most energized, the most clear minded, um, and just my, my best time for operating. I also like to work out during that time. So um, intermittent fasting for people who aren't familiar can sound very intimidating, but really all it is is skipping breakfast, or if you love breakfast, skip dinner or, or finish your dinner earlier in the day. Um, so that's my number one that I really love. You can't just eat whatever you want, correct? I've never read anything about it. I've just done it. Yeah. And, like I can't have a slave of Oreos, <laughs> right? During that, during that time period, that is not allowed. I just want to clarify. Yep. Okay. Well, I, would, I wouldn't recommend that, but actually um, there have been studies that have looked at 
people who kept their diet exactly the same, but just added intermittent fasting, um, and then compare that to people who changed their diet. And actually, the people who kept their diet the same, but just incorporated intermittent fasting um, had better results than the people who changed their diet. What do you do if you are meeting people for dinner that night? Like, are you fasting until, you know, like, I don't want to be the social, the person yeah. who's at a social event who's standing there with a glass of water. When I had a very specific goal to meet, when I was carrying the extra 12 pounds that I really wanted to get rid of, I was that person. I was very strict and I did the thing, but that only lasted a period of time and it was a means to an end. At this point, grace is my word. I'm very flexible. If you come into town and you're like, hey, Giovanna, do you want to meet for breakfast? I will have breakfast with you because that social connection meets, means a lot to me. Um, and because like to be that binary, I feel like would be really tough um, if you want to balance a life where, you know, where you also have meaningful social interactions. All that being said, some of my friends now also live this um, sort of lifestyle that I do. So a lot of our social things like, my birthday parties are workout parties. Well, I'll rent out Orange Theory or the yoga studio and invite all my friends over. And so I've been able to kind of merge the two a little bit. I'm hearing from you is that I need a new group of friends. But <laughs> um, So the, the second nugget would be, you know, to cut back on the processed, um, the ultra processed and, and sugary foods. All those foods are are engineered uh, to make you dependent on them. And so anything that you can do to break yourself of them, the longer you go, the easier it becomes. So um, one of the things that I learned was that sugar isn't everything, right? And, and that's annoying because I'm fine with having sugar, but if I'm gonna have sugar, I want it to be in a scoop of ice cream or in a slice of cake. Do you attribute some of your motivation, and this is just me generalizing, I don't know, but as a second, a first generation American myself, I sometimes wonder if um, because of the immigrant experience, because your parents are not originally American, do you think that that has contributed to your motivation, work ethic, as it were? Because my parents were immigrants, my parents didn't know enough about this country to place expectations on what I could or should accomplish while I was here. Um, they never placed limitations on me either. So like, it never occurred to myself or it never occurred to me that I wouldn't be able to accomplish whatever I wanted. So I, I think that I had that from them. Um, my dad was a mechanic. My mom ironed clothes at, at a clothing factory um, and they both sacrificed a whole, whole lot so that I could be here and just enjoy this wonderful life that I have where I get to have a full-time job and this passion project. Um, the older I get, the more I realize the gravity of their sacrifice and the more it propels me to want to do more with the privilege that I've been given thanks to their sacrifice. How are you raising your children differently or similarly to how you were raised? Yeah, um, <laughs> very differently, actually. And, and just I think as a as a result of being in the United States versus being in South America. So, you know, the way my sister and I grew up, um, we were always together. If my parents went to a dinner party, we went. And if we want, if we were tired and wanted to go to bed, we'd just plop on the couch and wait for them to be done. That's such an immigrant thing. Like we always went, even, I don't even know if we were invited. We would always go. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, you guys are so rude. Yeah. I, never had a babysitter growing up like I like the, the concept of a I used I was obsessed with the babysitters club and I read the whole series that was the biggest exposure that I had <laughs> um so for one that was a huge change because we're like 
you know, 7 p.m. bedtime, regardless of whether we're on vacation or it's summer or whatever, 7 p.m. bedtime, 7 a.m. wake up. So um, I think there's a lot more structure than um, than how I grew up. Um, the more I hang out with my mom, the more I realize how special she is. And I want to incorporate more of um, just her view of life and her zest for life. She's the most fun human being in the world. And I'm missing a lot of that. Um, I've always been sort of pleasantly surprised with how my life has turned out, you know, um, Im- like a kid of immigrants, not a ton of expectations. So I look around, I'm like, man, things are pretty good, you know? And so I think one of the hardest things for me, and this is very existential first world problem is just trying to decide what's next. Like I, all of my life has brought me to this point and I'm very happy with this point, but, and, and, and I want to learn to be content with where I am, but also having a vision for, for what's next. If you could give your 18 year old self some advice, what would it be? So my dad passed away when I was 17. Um, He died of lung cancer and I felt a lot of weight of responsibility on my shoulders. Um, and I just felt like a desire to want to take care of everybody. Um, so I think I would tell my 18 year old self, it's going to be okay. Um, and things are going to turn out way better than you expected. And just, you know, enjoy the ride. <laughs> Is there, do you think there's a difference with how people perceive you? and how you perceive yourself. In my social media, I try very hard to show up as authentically as possible. Um, One of the things I've been doing lately is trying to get over myself. So I posted a reel that was like, for me, level 10 awkward, very out of my comfort zone, but it was an intentional step in trying to get over myself and not have this, like if people wanna laugh, if people, whatever makes them feel, um, as long as it's something good, I'm hoping to accomplish that, so. What do you see as the biggest challenge in raising your children? There's, there's so many surprises in motherhood. Um, you know, my, my oldest son has um, some sensory processing challenges that manifest himself in uh, some speech delays and some gross and, and fine motor skills delays. And, you know, I didn't know that, that was going to be something that was coming. So now it's like, how do I prepare him for this big, bad world that might tell him that something's wrong with him because he's different or because his brain operates differently. And so there's just, there's so many surprises and you only get one shot. You don't get a do over. And so the weight of everything you do just um, carries, there's a lot of weight in everything that you do. And so just thinking about all those things and trying to balance them, I think is, is pretty challenging. What is your greatest parenting hack? Um, so this is pretty simple. If you want ways to sneak more vegetables into your kid's diet, right? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> number one, if your kids like guacamole, you can add spinach or kale to it and they won't know and it won't change the flavor. So that's a good way to get some raw leafy greens into it or to throw it in a smoothie. If they don't like the color green, use a solid colored cup. When my kids don't finish their green smoothies, I throw them in popsicle molds and then I give it to them for the dessert and they think it's the greatest thing on earth. So best go to dinner. Okay. We love anything in the air fryer. Do you have an air fryer? I do. Explain to me why I don't love it because I want to love it. I just think everything tastes better in the air fryer. So one of my favorite things is just like um, some boneless, skinless chicken thighs tossed in some olive oil um, and like very simple seasonings, a poultry seasoning blend thrown in the air fryer and then served with some air fried broccoli um, or a simple salad or even rice. Um, That very simple, very easy meal is like, it's a family favorite. Um, It's so good, but air fried chicken thighs. Oh, they're so good. You do a cleanse. I, I am interested in trying a parasite cleanse just because I've been learning more about them and we've all got them inside of us. So um, I like to do self-experimentation with 
all the things well, that I like. Post about it because I really, I've also thought a lot about the parasite cleanse. Grind my teeth, and so does my four-year-old. And I read somewhere too. it's parasitic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grind my teeth too, and I chew the inside of my mouth. Oh, okay. Is your glass half empty or half full? Half full, always. What is the last book you read? Oh my gosh, I just finished American Dirt, like very powerful sort of moving story about a Mexican mother and her eight-year-old son who are, you know, trying to get to America. And then yesterday I'm at my son's tennis lesson, who's about the same age. And he's like, mom, my water's too cold. <laughs> the contrast of the book that I had just finished that day. And then this experience, I was just like, oh my gosh, we need to get you some perspective. What is the best show that you watched in the pandemic? Oh, Shit's Creek. Giovanna, thank you so much for joining us. This has been amazing. Thank you so much, Donna. This was a lot of fun. And I hope to meet you in real life sometime soon. So. Me too.